Yes, sir. Haha, what's the deal, folks? It's your boy iMac, and welcome to the premiere episode of TLT Sports Talk. This show is a spinoff from the original podcast, which is the Leisure Time Podcast. We've been doing a lot of interviews, so we're super excited about creating this new platform to talk all things hot in Sports Weekly. We are going to be joined with writer from The Athletic and host of Seahawks Man to Man Podcast, Michael Sean Duger. And also, our guy, TLT NBA analyst Flex, is going to join the show as well. We are also having a special jersey raffle. We will give you more details on that at the end of the show. Let's get it now. Enough with the intro. It's time for Sport Talk. TLT, that is. Let's go. Yes, sir. Us here at TLT Sport Talk is super happy to have this guest on the first episode. Writer for the Athletic Seattle and host of the Seahawks Man to Man podcast, Michael Sean Duger. What's the deal, bro? What's happening? What's happening? Thank you for having me. Man, no problem, bro. No problem, bro, man. I ain't going to lie, bro. You're one of the feeds that I constantly look at on Twitter, man. I love your thoughts on sports, man. So I'm just super happy that you're on the show, bro. How's the fam doing, man? How's everything doing with this COVID mess happening? Man, we just stay safe. That's what everybody asks me how I'm doing, so I'm just trying to stay safe and don't leave the house unless it's absolutely necessary. Uh, just try to be smart, man. Like that's the and, and be disciplined. That's what I've learned. Like in the last what, like eleven months of the of the virus, it really tests your discipline. You know, it'd be somebody's birthday or a holiday or like there's a function going on or tickets to Atlanta's eighty bucks round trip. Yeah. You gotta, you gotta just you gotta just put your wallet down. You know, be. Be, be disciplined like try to try to wait it out i'm not gonna lie it's hard though but man bro it's so hard bro i got homies that's going to like you know mexico exotic ass places and they just going for the low like round trips 150 i'll be like dang it, it, the temptation is there but you right man you just got to be smart and and just keep your ass in the house man so this shit die down for real for real yeah, that's the that's the thing. My brother's going to Vegas for his birthday, you know, next month. He was like, "Yeah, bro, it's it's, it's seventy dollars round trip." I'm like, "Damn, that is <laughs> like that's that's that is that's the low." But it's like, nah, I can't do it. Like, COVID doesn't care that's his birthday. You know what I'm saying? Bad. It's going it's, it's going to find us no no matter what. And you know, I still want to be able to pull up on my parents and my grandparents, you know, without having to get my nose swabbed. So I'm gonna just stay in the crib. Man, real shit, real shit. So before we even get started, man. I know that you covered the Seahawks a lot. How was it going into their facility? Did you have to, you know, do a COVID test weekly? How was that whole process, like for training camp and all that? Yeah, so for training camp, I did a COVID test every day. I used to count them on my Instagram how many it was. I think I got to like 26 straight days of COVID tests. Yeah, um, yeah no, nah, it, it's, it's the one that just, it's around the rim of your nose. It ain't the full on. Okay, okay. Thick in your brain. No, I have had like four of those too. Those is, man... Those will those will keep have more people who's traveling right now to Atlanta, Vegas, and Houston. They should get those. Get your note, get your brain poked, and you'll <laughs> you'll stop traveling. God damn, bro! They trying to poke your brain though. That's crazy, bro. That's oh crazy, yeah, crazy, it's, it's 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 brutal. But yeah, no, I stopped. Then once the regular season came. You know, you can't watch practice in the NFL. Every team lets you watch about 10, 15 minutes, so it's not even worth it. They just stretch, do special teams, and kick you out. So I was like, I'm not about to get my nose uh, swabbed every day just to watch, you know, Michael Dixon. Although he's a really good punter, he ain't worth that. So exactly, he is a I good punter. I just playing at the crib, so I haven't got a test since September, which is actually probably for the best, man. Like, that, the test is cool, but... 
it wasn't really worth all that. I was much more productive stay at the crib, you know, get my research on. Amen to that, bro. So we're going to get right to it now. You know, we're going to take it back to the Super Wild Card Weekend, man. Seattle versus the Rams, bro. A game where a lot of people pegged the Seahawks to win. They beat them, I think, the last game of the regular season or the second to last game to the regular season to win the uh, NFC West crown. Bro, how deflating was that loss to the whole program in general man because honestly y'all had a big se- they had a big season with Russ you know throwing for all them yards all them touchdowns DK going over 1300 for a franchise record Lockett going over going for 100 catches for a record and just to see the offense stall like that how was your whole take on that first game I mean in that playoff game you know it was deflating is a good word because like every team says in august and stuff like that yo we we plan on winning the super bowl if we don't win the super bowl it's a failure but like that's really only the case for like i say four five maybe six teams the other teams can say it but they know damn well like they ain't winning the super bowl they know it right but you got to have that mindset your competitor i get it the seahawks are one of them six teams Mm -hmm. like they were legit like yo we got jamal uh, especially after they traded for Carlos Dunlap in October, they was like, okay, we really is on it. Like, we are, we got it. We got the great pass rush. We got the secondary. We got the corners. We got the best quarterback. We got the re- the best receiving duo. This is what they believe, right? Yeah. Their offensive line was as good as it's ever been. They got the best linebackers. It was like, we, we're good. We're going to get there. And then so to get their butt whooped in the first round at home, Man. you know, their first home playoff loss, I think, of Pete Carroll's tenure, I'm pretty sure. Like, that was not only deflating, but but humbling. Man. And the biggest problem, ironically, was the offense. There was a thing that was carrying them for eight games. The offense just, just laid an egg. And it felt like, it almost felt like a relationship where, like, you guys, is, you guys know something wrong, but every time you guys go out in public, you cool. I like you cool, like you, you you cordial. Y'all ain't really hugged up and you know affectionate, but like no one could really tell something's wrong unless they studying y'all. And then the playoff game was eventually like, okay, nah nah nah, we 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 cussing each other out at the restaurant now. Like we're letting this thing fly because we can't hold it in no more. There's just so much dysfunction, and that's what the offense looked like. Like anybody yeah. watched that game, the offense was just dysfunctional. Couldn't run it couldn't throw it you know couldn't protect russ it was just a beatdown. it was all the things that had been happening for eight games but it was being masked by the winning right like that's like the being cordial in public like it was winning games still so no one really cared that much and then when it finally like came out oh man this is a mess the rams are like yeah take your hats and shirts to cabo <laughs> Hey man, and and Mike, man, it's so crazy that you pointed out like that relationship kind of vibe because I swear the whole season you would think DK and Russ was just in perfect sync. Everything was good. And as soon as that adversity hit in that game, you seen DK starting to lash out a bit. You seen Russ kind of isolated. What do you think? Well, I guess I could frame this question. What do you think moving forward about that relationship? You know, do you think that Russ and DK can make it work? Or do you think that it's going to be a second coming of like a Donovan McNabb and a Terrell Owens situation? I think DK and Russ are on the same page, mostly because they both want to, like Russ wants to throw it to him and DK wants it thrown to him. Like it's a very simple like thing in that regard. And I think that unlike uh, some of the other dysfunctional quarterback receiver relationships in the league, 
Russ is what, 32? I think DK just turned 24 yeah. uh, in December. So it's more of a little brother, big brother thing. Like, for, like as soon as DK came in the league, Russ was one of the highest paid dudes, you know, killing it. He had no no choice but to pay homage, right? I think that this function comes more like the, everyone else. It's like, is Russ on the same page with the coaches? Are the coaches on the same page at Pete Carroll? You know, Pete Carroll wants to run the ball. And then yeah. Russ is like, well, I want to throw it. And it's just like, well... Which one of us is more important to the franchise? And Pete can make the argument that is him, and Russ can make the argument, you know, based on his pay stubs, that is him. Uh, so I think those two dudes need to get on the same accord. And I think the offensive coordinator, Brian Schottenheimer, was probably, like, stuck in the middle, like, yo, okay, look, so what you want me to do? Like, Russ want to throw it. Coach, you're my boss. You want to run it. Like, I don't really know what to do, so I'm going to just – I don't know. I'm out. And that's probably why he's not here no more. So I think that – Russ and uh, Pete Carroll got to get on the same page on how they want to win a Super Bowl. Because they both want to win one, right? Like, yeah. Russ had his firstborn son, his biological son, in July and named him Win. You know, Pete Carroll wrote a book in 2010. The title is called Win Forever. Like, they have the same goals. Yeah. Clearly have the same goals. But they don't really – I don't think they're in agreement on how they want to get I, there. I, see, Mike, just from my two cents looking, you know, on the outside looking in, it just seems like it's a big philosophy differentiation. Like, you know what I'm saying? As you said, bro – how Pete Carroll got his bread and butter, even from the days of USC, is run the rock and play defense. But the narrative kind of shifted after that Patriots loss in the Super Bowl. Mind you, mind you, Marshawn Lee leaving, retiring, going out of there, LOB, some of the pieces leaving, retiring. You know, I just feel that we got too pass happy. The Seahawks got too pass happy, bro. They got too pass happy. Like, even looking at the rushing numbers this year, bro, they didn't even have a 1,000-yard rusher. Uh, Russ is the second-leading rusher on the squad. Carson, you know, he's a good running back, but he's always banged up. Do you feel that they really need to address the running back situation and the O-line situation the most this offseason? I think the offseason, they definitely got to hit the O-line for sure. And here's the thing about, like, running the ball is great. You need it, right? Even with someone like me, you know, you know we both went to uh, – you know, Wazoo, like, yeah, we've seen what Mike Leach's <laughs> offense can do when you yeah. just throw in it, right? Like, it it works. Like, I, I get it. Uh, but, like, to run the rock in the NFL and to build an elite offense that way, the things that you have to have, they really have to be elite, right? Yeah. You need to have a generational talent at running back, like you got, or a generational runner, whether it's, like, a Lamar or a Derrick Henry. Like, they're both mm-hmm. generational talents at run at, when they run the rock yeah. in different styles. And then you need an elite defense as well but the problem with having an elite defense it's hard to sustain year to year because on defense it's different to offense when you have like when you're 11th dude on offense ain't that good you can hide them you know don't throw them the ball right like it's it's not that hard don't hand it to them but when you when you're 11th dude on defense can't cover or he can't you know beat a double team or he can't come off the edge like your team will get smoked like on defense you're you're really only as good as your 11th guy uh, for the most part, Absolutely. right, in some form or fashion. So it's hard to be elite in that way because then you're one injury away from being trash, basically, on, on defense, which is what the Seahawks faced earlier in the year. They had Jamal. Jamal goes down. Now they trash, right? They're one injury away. Uh, so that's why I have the, the formula for having an elite run game and an elite defense year to year to year, it's just really hard. Man. Like, they caught, Pete Carroll caught lightning in a bottle from 2011 to 2015. 15-ish with Marshawn Lynch and like three Hall of Famers on defense. Like that's hard. You can't just do that. You have a greater margin for error when you have an elite QB and elite receivers uh, to throw them to. Your defense don't need to be elite. Look at Kansas City. Their defense ain't elite, but they got Mahomes. So they're just going (laughs) to score 30, and it really don't matter what the other team does. So I think that's just an easier model. Once you get the quarterback, 
you you have an easier path to building a Super Bowl team, I think, because passing is just more efficient. Absolutely. Uh, and it put it lessens the burden on your defense. So I think that's what Russ believes to some. And then Pete's like, Nah, nah, nah. I, I got us a ring running the rock. So that's what we're gonna do. But 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 Mike, Mike, Mike. Is it safe to say that? Okay, this is my when I look at Russ, bro. Don't get me wrong. I think he's top five. I'm not saying he's not top five. But I think all those year, all these years of having bad old linemen getting hit, I kind of feel that bro starts to hear footsteps quick. You know what I'm saying? Like I feel that he kind of senses and hear the D line, the pressure super fast, and sometimes he starts to roll out and do all these magical things without having to really do all those things. Is that a fair assessment? Well, I think to to some extent, I'm sure. Because offense is a relationship, right? The whole thing, I mean, defense is too. But, like, offense is really about rhythm and timing at, in all facets, right? What Russ has to trust his old line. Russ has to trust his receivers. You know, you got to trust the receiver to throw it before he come out of his break, right? You got to mm-hmm. throw him open. Your old line relationship is the same way. So if you look to your left and you see Dwayne Brown, it's a different relationship than when he used to look to his left and see, like, Reese Odiombo or or George Fant or something like that. Right. Like he, it's a different level of trust, right? And then, but yeah, there's got to be some psychological effect of like yeah, taking to, the league lead and hits every year. Every year, uh, yeah. But I think Russ is built more mentally. Uh, he's he's mentally built to handle it. Um, but I do think that that relationship matters too. Like if it, it's even if he's not acknowledging it consciously, just like internally he's like yo okay i gotta get rid of this ball because i just got smacked by deforest buckner on the last play Thanks. or aaron donald just just threw me to the dirt like i need to get rid of this thing like they the, the heat's coming you know um so i i think there is probably some of that i think more the the not having an elite o-line and the philosophy uh shift or tug of war that's perhaps happening behind the scenes is the biggest issue because when you're not on the same page, it doesn't really what kind of doesn't matter what kind of talent you have. Everyone has to have the same. They have to be in agreement. They have to be in lockstep if you want to be an elite team. You could be a good team when you guys ain't on the same page, but as the Rams exposed, like you won't ever be a great team that way. Absolutely, and you know, you saying that just takes me to the Buccaneers a little bit because you know, it's that whole rift in the beginning of the season. Ba wants to do it his way. Tom wants to want to do it his way. But now it seems like watching these playoff games, watching towards the end of the season, their philosophies are meshing a lot better now. You know what I'm saying? And, and when you're talking about Shotty and, and Pete and um, Russ, I can see where the 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 what's the word I'm looking for the confusion in a sense or the non agreements in a sense coming from them because like you said Pete wants to run the ball he wants to play defense Russ want to wing it Russ feels that he has a top three arm in the league so he wants to wing it and then when you were stuck in the middle of it as an OC shoot I don't blame him for leaving he probably had to do a little canceling <laughs> after, the, <laughs> after the last couple years he did so. Mike, I want to shift to the defensive side of the ball, man. Um, Obviously, you know, you have your Bobbies, you have your Jamal, you have your KJs. But what do the Seahawks defense need to to grasp that level of just excellence that they once had with LOB? I think it's it's the outside corner play. I think that was really under not underrated because everybody knows Sherm's great, but like what they were able to do with their 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 uh, opposite corner of Sherm was like, yo, they got Brandon Brown out the CFL, a dog who made the Pro Bowl, like, his first year with the team, led the league and passed his defense. Like, Byron Maxwell, who ended up getting the bag from Philly, like, they've been able to plug some dudes uh, over there and figure it out. Jeremy Lane, who ended up getting a four-year extension with the Seahawks. Like, they, they had some dudes over there. Now it's kind of like a carousel. Um, Shaquille Griffin, the number one corner, is a really good talent. Like, four, runs 4-3, four, got long arms, got a great vert. 
uh, decent ball skills. Like he's got all of it, just a little inconsistent. Mm-hmm. I mean, when you look at some of these, uh, look at some of these teams that are still remaining. Like look at the cornerback play. I know the Saints just lost, but like look at that goal ball Marshawn Lattimore had that he defended against somebody Evans. like Mike Evans. Yeah. That was. That was Text so clutch. Bro, that every, was so tough. Every DB coach in the country is going to be showing, like, look, that's what you do, high hand. That's how you – come on. Like, that's that's textbook. And you see those those plays. Like, look what the cornerback was able to do in Buffalo, pick six in Lamar. Like, when I, th- I think he's a corner at least. But, like, your DB play has a to nickel. be – I think he was at, a nickel, nickel. Oh, he's nickel. Okay, yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, you got to be at a high level because it's one play. Like, it's one tipped pass. It's one interception. You know, like Marshawn Lattimore, I think Mike Evans only had that one catch. Yeah, he. I think okay. he only had that touchdown, bro. That touchdown. Yeah, I think so. Like that's 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 a. I mean, Jair Alexander in Green Bay is the same way. Can't nobody catch a ball on him, right? Like that's that's why they're gonna end up, you know, being elite. Like even Kansas City, I'm not big on um their, uh, the corner number 35, but like Brashad Breeland is real. Uh, like, he, he's real. Their rookie, uh, Legarius Sneed, I think is his name. He's yep. real too. Like these are all outside corners that you got to have be elite because in the playoffs, you the big plays are going to happen outside the numbers. Facts. Like they are. They are. They're going to happen outside the numbers. And if you can make those plays on defense, the other team's going to have a really hard time beating you. So they got to they got to either figure out they're going to pay Shaquille Griffin, figure out if they want to keep Trey Flowers, figure out if they're going to keep DJ Reed as a number one, even though he's five nine. Like that. Not to say you can't ball at five nine. You know. The league's just these, these receivers are getting bigger. Man, <laughs> they're getting bigger, bro. Like, they, you get into DKs. You're getting into the Devontae Adams, dude. These dudes are freaks. The A.J. Browns from Tennessee. Um, even within that division, man, um, I can see I can see the Niners going to go get some more talent on the offensive side of the ball. I can go see them go get uh, that boy from Texans, the Texans, Deshaun Watson. I can see that. I can see SF making that move. I can see the Cardinals. They already got a Larry Fitzgerald, a DeAndre Hopkins. So, I really do think that they need to certify, uh, shore up that secondary. I love Diggs, though. I really love Diggs. He gives oh, me Parker that kind of nice. E.T. Earl Thomas kind of vibe. But at the same time, they haven't found their Sherm. They haven't found their Browner. They haven't found their Chancellor. I mean, Jamal Adams, honestly, I feel like he could do a little bit better on the cover side of things. Um, he's a great blitzer. Nine and a half sacks. Love his box play. But... Um, I really feel that y'all need that dynamic, that dynamic interceptor in the back end. That dude that were, uh, you know, quarterbacks gonna look like I ain't throwing that way. You know what I'm saying? I'm not throwing that way. I'm gonna check it down. I'm gonna throw the other way. And that's where I think that the LOB was so great because a quarterback look on one side is like, okay, I can't throw it to Sherm side. Okay, let me see right here in the middle. Okay, they got ET and Cam. So the defense kind of knew that they're gonna be trying that other corner, and they kind of could game plan around that. Like they're gonna try you, bro. So we're gonna game plan for that. Um, so transitioning out to the playoffs now, man, you know, we had four great playoff games besides the Rams game, you know, suck that Aaron Donald couldn't play. Who is your two Super Bowl teams that's going to be playing in uh, Super Sunday this year? You know, I think, well, everyone's got to like put an asterisk on all of their picks right now. I feel like because we don't know whether Mahomes' brain is like in there rattling yeah. uh, th- this week, but I feel like Mahomes is probably going to play. Like, the dude that rules out Patrick Mahomes at the AFC title game, like, he might as well skip town. Like, <laughs> they will find you. Like, Chad Henney, when he threw that pick on Sunday or whatever day that was, I was like, yo, man, he better move, like, right now. Like, Facts. get a private jet, take you, your wife, your kids, if they in the stadium, get them out. Get the like, hell if, out, if, get if, out. if that would have lost them the game, 
Oh, it would have been bad. It would have been bad because, man, Mahomes was picking them apart, and then Andy Reid called that dumbass call to get him hit. I don't understand that, man. I just didn't understand that. But go ahead, Mike. My bad. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, it's the speed out with your with your half a billion dollar dude. Yeah, I'm not really – I'm not a fan of that. Yeah. Either, at the same time, Mahomes, I mean, if he does know the play call, you can check out of it too. Also, pitch the ball too. Yeah, I mean, he true. can protect himself a little bit. But even then, when you pitch, that means you're probably getting hit. Exactly. Uh, by a linebacker either, either way. So, you know how it is. The uh, D lineman or the linebacker – they're always taught hit the quarterback. Yep, the, yep. Yeah. Uh, so I think I, I still want to take the Chiefs. I think their offense is just too. I mean, look at their offense, man. Mahomes not only is it explosive, he just he's a little bit of a cheat code. He can take a a nine step drop, which you're really not supposed to do, right? Your offensive tackle until you're dropping too deep, right? Like, you're not supposed to do that. Mm-hmm. And then, but he can still throw off his back foot 15 yards to Kelsey on a rope. Like that's just. That's it's just he takes incredible, the- bro. Like people are always saying that Aaron Rodgers is the most Aaron Rodgers. Don't get me wrong. I think Aaron Rodgers is top three arm talent ever. Top two. But Mahomes is up there. He's right there. I don't see no yeah. difference. I really don't. Mahomes, Mahomes, yeah, he just like you look at the play that won in the Super Bowl essentially, uh, I think it was called like Spider or something like that to Tyreek Hill last year. Yeah. He ta- he takes like a nine step drop, right? And then throws it off his like basically off his back foot. He throws it a bomb. To Tyreek Hill, you know they have all these. Uh, when teams play cover three on them, which I don't know why you really do, you need to you need to drop you need two safeties back there. But when they do, they got this great cover three beater, which they have like Tyreek basically run a, a deep cross, and it takes time to develop. But a he runs like four three, and b Mahomes has a cannon, so he just takes a just like a seven step drop and then just fires it, Fire and there's nothing actually. really. The, the other team can do it's so. I got mode. them in the AFC, and then uh, who's the other team? Oh, I, I, I got I like Green Bay. I think. Uh, oh man, go ahead, go ahead. So here's why. Here's why I like Green Bay. I think their defense has playmakers. I don't think the defense is elite, but I think it has playmakers. Like I was just saying, it takes the, the plays happen outside the numbers. If you can't throw it on Jair Alexander, that's a problem, and teams really cannot. Um, on and then on offense, Devontae Adams and Aaron Rodgers are putting on a master class of how you just execute. Like, they don't even necessarily do nothing special, right? Like, they line them up. They just line them up in different spots, and they find a way to get their best player to ball. Like, that's all offense should be. Like, find a way to get my best player to ball. And Aaron Rodgers does that so well. And I think this is the big key. The Packers have the best O-line remaining in the in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Your O-line will always help you. Like, that's why their run game is so great. That's why that's why Aaron Rodgers has all that time to find Devontae Adams and Lazard and Marquez Valdez-Scanling. When you have the best O-line in the – in the, in the playoffs remaining, you're going to have a shot. Absolutely. And, Mike, I, I got to argue a little bit with that, man. First and foremost, there, AD, AD was not playing. He did not play on Saturday. He didn't play, bro. He was hurt. Ribs messed up because Russ landed on him. I think that if AD plays, a healthy AD plays, he changed the dynamic a lot. That's one thing I want to say. Second thing I want to say, this Buccaneers defense has arrived. It has arrived. They clicked their groove at the right time of the season. And, bro, they were flying around. Three interceptions on Drew Brees last night? Three interceptions on Drew Brees, bro. That front seven is good, bro. That linebacker, uh, uh, Smith? I mean, is his name Smith? I want to say his name last uh, name Smith no, or White. Their linebackers are nice. It's uh, Devin White and Devin White. There uh, you go. Devante Devin, David. I want to say David, bro. They're dude. They're flying around, bro. Making no, they're plays. nasty. And then don't give. And, and then you talking about D line, bro? They have the best O line. I can argue that the Bucks has the best D line still in the playoffs. And Dominic and Sue, JPP, yeah. Shaquille Barrett. They got some dogs, bro. So I'm really interested to seeing that matchup. And, and, and bro, don't. <laughs> Don't forget they got the goat. 
Don't forget that the Bucks got the GOAT. And if it's, and if it's me, mind you, remember that week? I want to say that week three or four matchup when they played the Packers. They whooped their ass. They, they smoked, they, smoked. Ass, they smoked them, bro. So they, they're going into uh, Lambeau with some confidence. And mind you, Tom Brady is used to playing in the cold. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I don't, I, I don't, I don't think, think it'll be that, a blowout, but yeah, I'll take the I'll take the I'll take the Packers. I'm looking at what the spread is. What's, right what, what score are you it's, thinking? It's Packers. Packers are favored by three and a half. I would probably take that. I would say probably something like 24-20 probably gets it gets it done. It'll be it'll be close though. Cause yeah, Tom Brady ain't no like he's got Tom Brady has the best. Um, this is what works for the Bucks. They have the best. I want to say. Skill players, absolutely on offense. You got Fournette and Rojo, Ronald Jones, and you got Godwin, AB, Mike Evans, uh, even like guys like Scotty Tyler Miller. Johnson who had that crazy back shoulder catch. Oh, that was so uh, nice, bro. Uh, the tight at Cameron Brate had like hundred yards yesterday, I think. So like they they have Gronk. Brady has y'all. Dang, how I forget Gronk. Like yeah, <laughs> that's they how got much the, weapons they got. <laughs> They got the best, and even the, the little dude, uh, Scotty Miller, he's like nice Scotty. too. That big thirty yarder, I think, to yep. move the chains too. Like they have play, like they have playmakers. That is what's gonna help the Bucks. Like I, if the Bucks do win, it'll probably be one of those where like, yo, Green Bay had dudes because they do. They got Darno Savage. They got uh, Kevin King. Uh, they got uh, yeah, Jair Alexander. They their front line is is good. Like they yeah, have players as well. So uh, it's not going to be no cakewalk for either team because that's why they're here, right? The, yeah. the, the championship game is hardly ever uh, a cakewalk. So yeah, right. I think it's gonna it's gonna be close, but ultimately, with Aaron Rodgers in that old line and that run game, and Devontae Adams have been able to do, it's just been special, special man. Aaron Rodgers is the cheat code uh, too. So yeah, I, I got I like the Packers and I, and I like the Chiefs. It. And then going it's back a, to that AFC game, man. If Mahomes not playing, I got the Bills big. That's just me. Big, uh, big, 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 big. But you know because. I don't. I don't see him clearing pro, uh, concussion protocol, bro. I mean, isn't it usually two weeks, Mike? If if I'm not mistaken, to clear pro, uh, concussion protocol. It's yeah. It's trick. It depends on the player because no, no, no two brands are the same. But like in in Seattle, I don't think that they've ever had a dude since the protocol kind of changed in the last couple of years. They don't. They haven't had a dude miss, come have a concussion and not return to the game and then play in the next game. He's always missed at least. One week, um, so I th- I don't know how the chi- I'd have to go look at the Chiefs' track record in that regard because, like I said, no two brains are the same, and that that independent neurologist, independent quote unquote, yeah, he's gonna have a stressful week, man. <laughs> like if people find out his name and if he got social media, it's oh, bad. it's bad. Oh, they, they on his head because Kansas City they don't really play about like Mahomes, you know, like that's yeah, the, that's like they, the that's, stun that's the, that's of the, the city gold right there. That's gold, man. They can't play. Yeah, so if, if he can't play, man, because Josh, Josh Allen, we didn't talk about Josh Allen really, but like he's having one of the best quarterback seasons uh, in the league this year. Like someone I think mentioned him as like the most improved player they've ever seen. It was somebody ESPN, and I had to. I mean, I can agree. Like Josh Allen was really overthrowing cats by 15 yards his first two years. Like when people said he was trash, not like they was hating. He really was like overthrowing dudes. Like it was bad. Um, now he's just on target. Him and Stephon Diggs. You want to talk about relationship? That there. That was the best traded offseason. Facts. Uh, best best traded offseason. Getting putting giving Josh Allen someone who gets open as well as anybody in the league. Best route runner in the league. Him and Devontae Adams. Like Stephon Diggs is just just a technician, man. From the slot, does it from the outside. He's got good hands. Uh, he's a dog too. He ain't scared of no matchups. Like he's he wants the big moments. You've seen the Minnesota Miracle. Like yeah. he wants the ball in his hands in the big moments. So, yeah, if the Chiefs don't have Mahomes, they tried out Chad Henney in the AFC title game. 
man, all, all, all due respect, which ain't that much due, to be honest, the Bills are going to boat race them boys because uh, right. that Bills offense is scary good. It is, bro. It is, Mike. Man, appreciate you, Mike, stopping by, man, for real. First episode of the TLT Sport Talk, man, and to have you on, man, such an honor, bro. Like I said, man, we got to get you back on the show because you have so much knowledge of the game, man, and the people need to hear it, man. So we appreciate you, Mike, for real. Oh, man, no, I thank you, man. I'm trying to get my knowledge up, man, this whole year since I couldn't be in locker rooms, you know, because I, I didn't play football growing up, so I'm still learning coverages and buzz and cloud and sky and and all this stuff and, you know, and Reno checks and, you know, banjo checks and all that <laughs> stuff. Like, it's all knowledge to you. I'm over here like, banjo, wait, what's that one? So, like, I'm always trying to get my knowledge up, too, man. So, I need you to school me, too. I'm trying to – I want to be an expert. I know fo- the better man. I know football, the better I can cover it. Absolutely, bro. We're going to get you back on for show for that Super Sunday, man. Appreciate you, Mike. All right, man. Thank you for having me, for real. No problem. Appreciate you, Mike, for real, for real, bro. Go follow that man, man, on his socials, at Mike Duger. That's my guy. Go read up on some of his articles on The Athletic, man. He got a lot of game, a lot of knowledge. Now it's time for some NBA talk, man. A lot to talk about. My dog Flex joining the show, man. Let's get it. Yes, sir. We are now joined with TLT NBA analyst Flex. Flex, what's the deal, man? Man, Leisure Time Podcast. Get at me, dog. Happy New Year, everybody. Man, happy New Year for real, for real, bro. How, how's everything been this New Year so far, being in crazy-ass L.A.? Man, you know, bro, it's crazy, man. Just trying to keep my head above water, man, and do what my mama taught us. <laughs> <laughs> hey, for real, for real, man. Shout out Miss Lavina, for real, for real, man. So, right. Flex, man, we're going to get right into it, man. Last week and some change ago, man, a big, big move happened in the NBA, man. One of the best scores of all time got traded to pair with two of the best scores of all time as well. And James Harden going to the Brooklyn Nets to join Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving. What was your whole mindset just seeing that trade happening and, and now this new big three that's in the NBA? Oh, man, I definitely thought it was no way possible that it can happen. Um, <laughs> I thought maybe they would have to trade Harden for Kyrie or something to kind of get that to go out and they could pull it off. But I do feel like they lost a lot of depth. But, I mean, when you're getting back James Harden, you know, that's a walking 30 points. So, I feel like this uh, definitely going to be a chemistry experience, dog. Like, you know, because just James Harden, Kyrie Irving, and KD is like, it's only one basketball. So, Facts. it's interesting to see if they can make it work. Facts, man. Something, <laughs> when the trade happened, Charles Barkley said some funny-ass shit. He was like, KD went from the Splash Bros to the Dribble Bros. <laughs> Pretty much, bro. Yeah, that's what it is. Yeah, man. But honestly, bro, I know Kyrie hasn't played yet. Um, I watched the game versus the Magic, and then I watched the game uh, last night with the Bucks. And, man, James Harden is just so dynamic with that ball in his hand. It's no question in my mind he has to run the point when Kyrie come back. Uh, Yeah, definitely. You know, James Harden is a guy that led the league in assists before. Uh, You know, and he's always been a high assist guy, always about eight assists a night. So, I just still feel it to be real interesting because, you know, Kyrie originally left because he, you know, said he didn't want to be Robin. He wanted to be Batman. You know, now everybody's saying, well, now he's Alfred. So <laughs> I don't know, man. You go from second fiddle to third wheel. He's not even passenger seat no more. He riding in the back. Man, that nigga Krillin. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he Krillin off Dragon Ball, though, not Dragon Ball Z. So, so he got a little, a little bit right, more pub. Right. A little bit more pub. But, man, dude, I was just flexing. I was just so shocked that, like, 
Don't get me wrong. I know LeBron paired with D. Wade and Chris Bosh back in 2011. I know that happened. But could you really blame LeBron for that happening since Cleveland was – nobody was coming to Cleveland to play. He wasn't getting no All-Stars there. He was literally by himself. James Harden played with an All-Star Dwight Howard. James Harden played with an All-Star Chris Paul. James Harden played with another MVP Russell Westbrook. So – wouldn't you say this is like a weak ass move? Him trying to join Katie and Kyrie? Uh, yeah, definitely. You know, I could call it a weak move, but um, I mean, I feel Kevin Durant's move is still the weakest move from a superstar I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. But you know, I feel like Harden just felt he couldn't get over the hump with Houston. You know, and uh, I don't think it's their fault. They provided him with every player, every piece he wanted. You know, they just couldn't get it done. So I guess he said, you know what? Everybody keep talking about rings. Let me try to take a shortcut to one. But 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 he you saying that they couldn't get it done? Is it necessarily they couldn't get it done, or he couldn't get it done, bro? Because like, you know, I look back on that 2009 to 2010 Lakers team, and when you really dissect that team, the only MVP was Kobe. The only high-class player was Kobe. Yeah, you could throw in Powell. He made a couple All-Stars. But compare Powell to D-Wade. Compare Powell to to Russell Westbrook, Kyrie. He's not even on them them, them stratospheres, bro. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, I don't know, man. With these trades happening and these these super teams forming, I'm just thinking of being a lot more and just like, man, he really did that with Powell Gasol, Andrew Bynum, and Sasha Vujicic. Uh, yeah, you know, definitely, bro. It's a different NBA. A lot of these guys, you know, they AAU buddies, and they always want to team up and stuff, you know. So you'll have an MVP, a scoring title leader, a rebound leader, and they all want to play together, you know. And um, one thing I do like about the NBA, though, is the players have the power. So right. I, I really like that, though. Yeah, yeah, I like that, too, man. And don't get me wrong. I, I love seeing the great players play against each other. Like, come on now. Who's not going to watch a Lakers-Nets finals? Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, everybody's going to be watching it. You got Braun versus KD, AD versus Harden. That third wheel, though, the Lakers technically is missing it. So, we're going to have to have Dennis Schroeder, Montrez Harrell, Cal Kuzma step up in big moments to kind of negate what Kyrie, because Kyrie, I don't care what people are trying to say that, oh, he's going to have to take less shots. Kyrie's still going to average at least 20 points. At least yeah, 20 no. points, you know? He's a bucket. He's a bucket, bro. So, flex. Let's, 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 let's trans over to the best coast, the West Coast. Right, right. Lakers, you know, we lost the game last night to the Warriors. Steph Curry turned back the 2014-2015 the, the Steph Curry and closed us out. But all in all, we've been pretty dominant this season. What's your take on the Lakers so far this NBA season? Uh, man, I like the hot start we got off to. Um, you know, we defending champs, and I feel everybody is gunning for us, you know. So we got to just – Stay head above, you know, everybody else. Um, I like the chemistry. For us to be a team that's just gelling, you know, the chemistry is there. I seem like guys are locked in. Guys want to play. Guys finding their roles. Um, I, I like how we looking so far. Yeah, I like it, too. I like it, too, man. I look at the standings, though, man. That other that team in the basement, man, They, I ain't going to cap. They've been playing very well. Uh, PG-13, balling. Kawhi, silent killer. And they're kind of adopting that that Kawhi mindset, I feel, over there. They ain't being heard too much. You ain't been hearing no crazy quotes. And and honestly, I feel like now they're actually more of a contender for a championship than they were last year. What's your take on the Clippers? Uh, yeah, I, I do feel like the Clippers, they kind of like finding their identity now, mm-hmm. you know. Um, I feel like last year they was talking so much. Oh, we, we going to win the ship, this. They going to Cabo, blah, blah, blah. And then they got humbled. So now they're like, you know what? Let's let our play do the talking. You know, Kawhi don't talk at all. So 
I feel like the Clippers, they, they learned a lot from blowing that 3-1 lead last year. Facts, man. <clears throat> Flex, so, you know, as we know, <clears throat> excuse me, as we know, Giannis won Defensive Player of the Year last year. We know that. I know you caught the game last night. How do you feel about Giannis not guarding KD at all during the clutch time? During the fourth quarter, six minutes left. I understand the first three quarters don't guard him. But what's your thoughts on the defensive player of the year not guarding the best player on another team? He did the same shit with Miami when they played uh, with Jimmy Butler. When he played exactly, Miami last bro. year. Exactly. Uh, I've seen this episode before. I feel like he kind of shies away from that challenge. Uh, he says he wants to be the best. He wants to be great. But when the moments come down to it, you got to step up. Hey, coach, I know you said you want to run 2-3 zone, but this guy right here, I got him. You know, you got a mano y mano. You're a superstar. He's a superstar. Go at that man. Fact. You know, and don't come back till you get that man. So, I don't know, bro. I feel like Giannis, he kind of, he really timid to me, man. I man. feel like that, that's a problem with him. He's kind of timid. Like, it makes all the raw, raw, and all the shit he be doing kind of sus now, low-key. Like, bro, you be making all them mean faces and dunking on shit and yelling. But it's like, bro, go guard the best player, bro. You feel me? Uh, Jordan in his prime, he had to do that. Kobe in his prime had to do it. LeBron in his prime had to do it. And mind you, that he's only 26, 25, bro. He's not that old. So I really feel like he need to go sit in that chair and start guarding some of these elite perimeter players. Um, Flex, let's let's transition now to just contenders overall, man. We we touched on the Lakers, of course. They're 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 by far the number one choice, I feel like, in the world to win it again. But you do have teams like the Clippers. You do have teams like the Nets. You have a young Boston Celtics squad that since they left Gordon Hayward go, go let Gordon Hayward go. Jalen Brown is emerging. Jason Tatum, emerging. Marcus Smart, emerging. Who are some of the contenders you feel like the Lakers need to be on the lookout for? Well, definitely out west, uh, that team in the basement for sure, the Clippers. Um, you know, the Nuggets, they struggling right now, but I feel they're going to hit their stride. Uh, let's see, the Nuggets, Utah, that's always yeah. a tough, you know. They're always mm. tough, right? Utah's always tough. I, I love D. Mitch, man. It's just that you gave Rudy going <laughs> Man, that boy got paid. Man, and Shaq been giving him shit about it. Like, oh, yeah, kids. Shaq got to stop hating. Hey, man, I feel him, but he was like, hey, kids, you should all aspire to average 11 points. You'll get to a $200 million. Man, I wish I could average 11 right now. Man, goddamn, bro. But, you know, Shaq be hating. But at the same time, the, the Jazz, they just... They're missing that other perimeter piece. Piece. I don't know about you, Flex. Like, you know, when we was growing up, of course, we seen Shaq. You feel me? We seen Duncan. You know, we've seen that you have to have a big man to win. Then the heat form, right? And then it kind of took away that you need that dominant big man, that dominant post player. And then the Warriors just fucking canceled all of this shit, right? Right. So, um, you know, I don't know, bro. I just feel like with the Utah, man, they need another perimeter player. I would love to see D. Mitch link up with a Devin Booker. I would love to see a D. Mitch link up with a... You know, with a with a with a with a Zach Levine kind of dude. You know what I'm saying? So until the Utah get that, or unless they get an elite center like a Joker, I just don't see it really happening for Utah Jazz, man. How, what's your what's your? I got a question though. What's your what's your thoughts on the the Suns, man, with Chris Paul and Devin Booker, man? How how you see things going with them right now? They're fourth in the West, and and, and how you still how you think things are gonna go with them? I uh, I actually see them doing pretty good, man. Uh, Chris Paul, you know, he's a veteran, high IQ player. Um, arguably one of the best point guards we've ever seen. Um, and I feel wherever he goes, he makes teams better. He don't make them worse. Mm -hmm. You know, he's going to get everybody involved. He's going to get you at your spots, get you easy shots. Um, 
definitely Chris Paul and D-Book is interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, DeAndre Aiden, too, he's coming along. I feel like the Suns, they, they can be some trouble if you catch them in the first round. For definitely. Real. So you gave me your Western contenders for the Lakers. Anybody on the East you feel that's going to be, you know, uh, possibly dethroned in the champs? Uh, you, you know, you always got to go with the Bucks. They regular season, they're a sexy pick. You know, they're gonna win a lot of games. Um, I just don't trust Giannis in the playoffs. I don't Man. trust his jumper. Uh, the Nets, hey, I I can't give them too much credit until I see Kyrie come. You know, they still missing a piece. A car can't run without tires. They need all the pieces. So, Facts. and then uh, Philly is interesting. It's always interesting with Philly. You know, depending on health and conditioning depending with them on guys. Ben Simmons could take some fucking jump shots. Man, he's scared. He don't want to. Uh, let me think. Who else out in the East? Shaq a better shooter than that nigga. Boston, too. Boston is emerging. And Man. all them guys are still young. All them guys under 25 still, you know? So... That's going to be a scary team. Facts, man. Facts, man. And, you know, all in all, man, you know, <laughs> like I said, I've been thinking a lot of them them, them early, them late 2000s, early 2010s Lakers, right? How the fuck we couldn't get Chris Paul, bro? But now you see fucking KD Kyrie got on the nest and they didn't get in a Harden. You get what I'm saying? You see all these right. big-time trades happening. It's like, what the fuck, David Stern, God rest his soul. You couldn't let us get Kobe? I mean, not Kobe, Chris Paul. Chris Paul, yeah. Fuck, man. Man, it's a conspiracy, dog. They don't want the Lakers to be great, man. We got to scratch and claw for it. Fact. So, man, just to end it off right now with this this last question, man. How do you feel about who's the best player or your your early MVP favorite right now for the league? I know it's kind of early. I know we're only about, like, 14, 15 games in. But any, any you know, MVP spotlight you want to show, man, I love what Zach Levine been doing in the, with the Bulls. Luka a bucket, obviously. Um, KD, that's probably my favorite pick right now, but just because Torrey Achilles come back, he still look like K. You know, so who, any early MVP spotlights you got? Um, You know, definitely I had Luka up there, uh, Kevin Durant for sure, but I feel like with the addition of Harden, it's going to take away some of those votes from him, you know? Mm-hmm. So uh, I'm going to go with LeBron, man. I feel he should have won it last year. Uh, he came out West and did it, and we first place in the West right now, and I feel like his game hasn't really dropped off at all. So I, I'm going to go with Braun, man. Absolutely, man. Flex, there you have it, man. The TLT analyst, my boy. Legion Talk Podcast. Get at me, dog. Get at him. You ain't know the deal. Thanks, bro. Woo. Fire stuff right there, y'all. For real, for real. Before we end the show, I got to talk jersey raffle. To get a free jersey of your favorite player, any team, any sport, it do not matter, follow and share both. The Leisure Time Podcast and our sponsor, Jersey House Canada, on Instagram to enter. We will be picking the winner on episode 18 of the Leisure Time Podcast dropping this Saturday. So, I'm going to say it again. Follow and share both the Leisure Time Podcast and Jersey House Canada Instagram on your story slash page to enter. There you have it, folks. The first ever episode of TLT Sport Talk. Man, I'm excited about this platform, for real, for real, guys. With the interviews we've been having, I've been loving the interviews, man, but I'm so happy to get back to the Sport Talk, man. You know, I started this because I wanted to talk sports, and I'm happy we're getting back to it. Don't forget, episode 18 of the Leisure Time Podcast is dropping this Saturday, featuring Minnesota Viking defensive lineman Hercules Mata'afa. I cannot wait for this one. That's my little bro. He's a beast. And he got a lot of gems to drop. So, there you have it, folks. 
First episode of TLT Sport Talk. Y'all will hear from iMac again this Saturday on episode 18 of the Leisure Time Podcast. Peace. Peace.